Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of B-Roll. I'm your host, Chris, and this is the other host. Anthony. Hey Anthony, how you doing? I am, I am okay. Just okay? Just okay. Fair enough. We are the Sci-Fi Wise Guys, and today we are going to be talking about a movie called Singularity. Let's go ahead and get started. Anthony, since you picked this movie, you get to read the blurb. Did I pick this movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, you did. Because <laughs> I wouldn't have picked this movie. <laughs> All right. Let me read the blurb. I am on IMDb. Earth 2020. Three-fourths of its households have a robot. The AI supercomputer, Kronos, considers humans the biggest threat to Earth. A century later, few humans are left. Kalia seeks the last human stronghold, as does Kronos. Uh, well, all right. Okay. The Netflix blurb is uh, nearly a century after artificial intelligence tried to eradicate people from Earth, two survivors search for a human enclave rumored to still exist. Mm. Yes. Now, neither of those blurbs matter because uh, <laughs> because the plot does not matter. Uh, this movie, man. Uh, can't wait. Can I... So I want to say that we don't deliberately seek out bad movies. <laughs> as, as much as it looks like we do. Oh, man. I, we don't deliberately seek out bad movies. I use the podcast as an excuse to watch things I might not watch otherwise. I might not look at this low-budget, independent sci-fi film that I didn't realize had John Cusack in it until I was already watching it and really looking for those gems, you know, the, the diamonds in the rough, if you will. <laughs> and, it, and it's just, it's not working out. <laughs> and I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry for making you watch this, Chris. I'm, I'm sorry for anyone who watched it with you. Although really you should apologize to them. You should have realized what was <laughs> happening. <laughs> For any of y'all who have not listened to the podcast before, we spoil, we usually we give our opinions up front and we spoil everything throughout the rest of the podcast and I give some final thoughts. I guess I can just, I can just say that just don't watch this movie. <laughs> just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I'm done. Uh, I'm going to stop my recording. Um. <laughs> no, no, you did this, so we got to do the whole thing. I apologized, though, Chris. I apologized. Y- your apology is accepted. <laughs> I had a lot of problems with this movie. Normally, Anthony is correct. We actually give our opinions of the movie beforehand, talk about the plot, and then kind of do any after we determine if, if we liked the movie or not, and then talk about the movie as it exists as a film. But I'm going to actually break traditional yes. pod rules. Yeah. And I want to go ahead and just read off the Wikipedia. Please do. Now. I can I say before you do that, I, I want to say that I for whatever reason, I don't remember why, but I, I never look up anything about the movie ahead of time. But for this one, I, I was confirming something. I don't remember what it was, so I, I searched the movie and I read about two sentences of this description. And I immediately knew that I had made a mistake. <laughs> so, please. Singularity, 2017, the film, 
this movie was first released in 2017. Originally, it was first shot in 2013. And essentially, the scenes with John Cusack were added after the fact, I guess only to give it some sort of name recognition. It actually... Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, (laughs) John Cusack interacts with one other character. So... Yes. Yeah. So Uh, let's go ahead. They they did go through and apparently spend a lot of money. I'm air quoting a lot because the estimated budget is 100 grand here. Upping the quality of the CGI. (sighs) So they spent most of the $100,000 on one day of filming with John Cusack. So this movie actually started out as a Kickstarter. Really? And yeah, the Kickstarter has been hidden from view. Like if you click on the link, Aurora... Twisted Robot Love Story has been hidden for privacy. This project has been removed from visibility at the request of the creator. I can only assume it's because I guess he didn't like the final product. I don't know. But let's go ahead and just just go ahead and get started with this damn movie. This is not a good movie. (laughs) (laughs) Like we talked about at the beginning of 3022, we are not in this to shame. Art in and of itself is art. Like you can't, it's, it's really hard to review something that takes creative juices. I mean, the amount of effort that went into financing, casting, filming, producing, releasing this movie is, is probably a greater thing than I will ever do. Are you saying that this movie is more art than this podcast? No, what I'm saying is that I'm, (laughs) we are not, we are not ripping apart this movie for the sake of doing it. Right. Yes. We are discussing a movie that is he not, is not good. <laughs> he is not ripping apart this movie for the sake of ripping it apart. You are correct. I am doing this because it deserves to be known because 15 sentences on Wikipedia is not enough. I'm going to do you a favor. What's up, man? <laughs> I'm going to do you a favor. I just sent you a link. Okay. Oh, there, there the you go. Archive. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Found it. Fair enough. Do you think that he hid this? Do you so? Do you think it was so? Uh, I'm I'm probably mispronouncing his name. Robert Kuba, Kuba, Kauba, perhaps. I'm sorry, it's uh, Swiss. Yeah. Do you think that he was involved in the evolution of the film from Aurora to to Singularity? I mean, he is credited as the writer, director, producer. Is he the director? I thought editor. The only thing this guy might not have done was actually shot it. You know what I mean? Like, he probably sure. wasn't behind the camera. Or maybe he was. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, okay. All right. I, I just, I just, I'm just curious. When we're talking about art, right? I mean, this is, this was a vision. This is something that, this was an idea that somebody had, which on paper isn't an entirely horrible idea. Yeah. And then it gets I... shelved for four years. And then re-edited with a big name actor in it and released... A very, very, very limited theatrical release. I think it was like five theaters. I think it it made like four thousand dollars its opening weekend, yeah. which is not a lot. I, I just wonder why it didn't get released in twenty thirteen. What kept it from from being released then? I mean, I understand why John Cusack's involved. His agent hates him. I was gonna say this later, but I guess we should go ahead and talk about it now. So Julian Schaffner is the main character. Right. And he just, to me, he looks like a young John Cusack. And so since Julian was already in the movie, I wonder if they just kind of like cast John because he was the guy that looked like an older Julian. I don't know. I mean, that isn't. Maybe. I don't know. 
let's go ahead and break down this sure this man plot. let's oh, do God. it okay so on the surface i think singularity tells a pretty interesting story the only problem is it's a story that i have not only seen heard read and played a dozen times before which is human beings creating artificial intelligence and they rebel against their creators unfortunately singularity doesn't do it in a way that's in any way original and it just falls apart the plot is incoherent at best (laughs) i'm not even sure the reason why the characters are doing what the characters are doing and the ending is just what uh (laughs) but singularity but mm. (laughs) no say what you're gonna say the ending was foreshadowed in audio for about three or four seconds at the beginning of the movie. Hmm. And I remember thinking, that's a weird thing for them to be saying on the news. I wonder if that's foreshadowing. And then I oh. forgot about it because I guess I 90 minutes later. <laughs> What's the, do you know what, it, what are you talking about? What's the, uh... when Andrew, the very beginning of the movie walks into his mother's home, carrying uh, some flowers for her and the mm-hmm. news is on and you can hear them talk about how a new exoplanet has been discovered possibly support life called Galeus or Gaseus or something three i forget it starts with a g and then it starts talking about va industries or whatever in john cusack's company and i was like that's a weird sci-fi maybe that's a reference to something else i just don't know like it didn't seem to fit anything else and then i was wrong mm-hmm. and right it was <laughs> referencing something it just okay yeah so, so there you go speaking of the opening sequence of this movie is about a company uh, we get some text on the screen it's called VA Technology. A guy named Elias Van Dorn creates AI, artificial intelligence robots. But they're not artificial intelligence in the sense of like data or the geth from Mass Effect. This 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 is essentially I guess what you would consider virtual intelligence that artificial intelligence smart enough to like do its job but not smart enough to expand past its original I mean, like i robot parameters yeah which is something <laughs> is another another thing that told this story way better than this one we first find out that these robots first started out being robots that you just you know you have in your home um as one to does be your maid mm-hmm. and then eventually it gets moved on to military technology and then that was originally done to curb conflict, but all it does is essentially increased it. Well, yeah. People who create weapons do it in the sense of peace, but all it does is add to the violence. Mutually assured destruction. The year 2020 has been reached, and Elias, John Cusack's character, has created something called Kronos, which is supposed to be the artificial intelligence to end artificial intelligence. You know, it's supposed to be the big bad, the end all, which... Uh, is interesting because Kronos is the uh, personification in time for the Greeks. Yes. Which I thought was interesting. We get a scene. John Cusack and Carmen Argin. I always, I can never spell, like, pronounce this dude's name. But Carmen and Argenziano, who I recognized immediately as Jacob from Stargate SG-1. And I will be referring to him as that for the rest of this episode. Fair enough. Apparently, Kronos is what's going to save Earth. That's what John Cusack is telling his partner, Damien Walsh, who I don't even think they ever say his name in the movie. I don't recall. Maybe he calls him Damien at one point. I don't know. He calls him brother a whole lot. I think maybe in the original cut of this movie, 
Jacob had a bigger role, but you know, you think so. Cut that for Johnny's spot. Elias goes to Kronos, uh, and he's like on his way to the lab. And then apparently, one of his assistants says, "Kronos has asked for you directly." He walks into the room. There's a big white light. He asks, "Who are you?" Uh, and then he says, "I'm your creator." He says, "I want to see what you see." And then there's uh, that bright white light becomes a big flash, and it envelops John Cusack. And then we get a scene change. A door opens, and a, a robot says, "Welcome, Andrew Davis." And a young man walks in with some flowers. He's wearing a, yeah. a shirt. It's got a tie. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he's visiting his mom. Apparently, she is on some kind of oxygen ventilator or canister of some kind. Um, we assume probably, it's oxygen. Yeah, maybe maybe she's got <laughs> emphysema or something. Maybe yeah. it's just straight nitrous. <laughs> He actually like turns the TV off as soon as he walks in the room, which I thought was kind of like a weird thing to do. Like, you don't live here. Who said you get to turn the TV off? You know, maybe he's doing it because he wants to have a nice dinner with his mother, but still, like, that's that's not your job. He's in the kitchen. She's turned the TV back on. And then he leaves. He's getting on a bus. And then screens start glitching out. Elias, John Cusack's character, appears on every screen that they show. Um, and he keeps talking about how Kronos is going to change life as we know it. Yeah. It's a new it's a new age. And Kronos is going to solve all the problems. He's going to save everybody. And then a missile or a rocket. I don't know which one's the correct term. I assume it's a rocket. Uh, um, well, do you actually building. see it? Yeah. Okay. Did you see where they came from? They're just off screen. They're just off screen rockets, missiles, yeah. whatever, hitting yeah. everywhere. Well, I... We didn't talk about it in the in the opening sequence, like when they yeah, they started... have war machines and whatnot. They got war yeah, robots, but they're mechs. Yeah, yeah they're little, little cool little mech looking things. It's just rockets are coming out of nowhere and hitting buildings in the middle of the city, completely yeah. skipping buildings on the outside of the city. I guess maybe they're going for strategic points. Uh, we get a shock value. Yeah, yeah, we get to see a building crumble and some somehow. I don't. I don't know. Well, you know, jet fuel, yeah. steel beams. Steel beams, stuff. jet fuels, they all, yeah. <laughs> so everyone's freaking out, understandably. Yeah. You know, they don't know what's going on. All they see is, ex- you know, explosions happening. And then we get a voiceover of, because like I said, I watch movies with the subtitles on. It says Kronos. Uh, he's telling humanity to not be afraid. He's determined that humanity is the problem. We are uh, we are a disease. We are an infection on this planet that we once held so dear, and we're destroying it. Um, oh, original thought. Yeah. Do you think that Kronos is smart enough to know that it's derivative as hell? <laughs> well, it is 2020. So, uh. I, mean, I, I can assume that this AI is woke, you know? <laughs> oh, um, maybe goodness. he's just jealous of Skynet. Genesis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elias appears before Damien and um, Damien looks down and he sees that part of his body is it, it looks like a hologram He's like walking through things yeah apparently Damien is also some sort of AI because he starts freaking out like his head gets all moldy or bubbly and one of his eyes goes white and I actually assume that he killed him yeah me at too. this portion me too we get our shot back to Andrew on the bus. Bus driver's standing up. He gets gunned down. Andrew gets out of the bus. Like, he's trying to hide. And then uh, a bright light envelops him. We get more explosions. 
and the power starts going out all over the world. And then we just get a uh, yep. 97 years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was a bit odd. Yeah. Well, I, I thought it was odd that they were introducing us to this Andrew character. And I was like, well, he's dead. Yeah. And if he wasn't dead, he's old. That's a, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, what was it? Like, is this guy going to be the resistance leader 100 <laughs> years later? Like, what is happening? Yeah. We get an interesting shot of what appears to be a rundown building. And hands grasping up like someone climbing out of. I wrote down vat, but I don't necessarily think it's a vat. I think it's some kind of. It was like a hole in the ground. Yeah, you just. You know. I think they call those holes. Right. I saw the movie. But it. But it's like structured. That's why. I, that's why I wrote down vat because it looks like mm. something that used to hold something. But I don't know. It's not important. I don't know. It's uh, this Andrew Davis character. All of a sudden, now he's out of with a, whatever it was with a clean shirt. Yeah, he looks even better than he did before. And it turns out Jacob, or Damien, is not dead, but he is still messed up. Yes, head's all glowy. Yeah. And then we get a new voiceover of uh, someone essentially just explaining the first part of the movie again for us, in case we weren't paying attention, is that Kronos, <laughs> when when it was finally given sentience, it took a second of computational time for it to determine that humanity was the problem and it's going to get rid of us. Like it said something like 8 billion people died. Yeah, yeah, pretty quick. That's a lot of people. Yep. Uh, now we get shots of gigantic machines, these big mechs, these military weapons platforms. Gigantic, almost yeah, Godzilla size. Yeah. Uh, mechs, very useful. Mechs. <laughs> What's the difference between a mech and a Gundam? Or is a, is a Gundam a mech? I've never... Well... I know I you th- have. I think... Gundams are what is considered mecha, and mecha are mechs designed to resemble the human body, but they're controlled by people. Oh, uh, uh, you know. Typic- I'm, I'm, I mean, just reading this off the Wikipedia. I now regret it. I was mildly are, curious. Mechas are typically depicted as humanoid mobile robots, whereas regular mechs are just different. Just different? Like, like mech warrior sure. and Gundam. So. Okay. Uh, all right. I, I'll don't worry. I'll cut it. <laughs> you pick this going. movie. No, you pick this movie. I you get all the movie. stuff that comes with it. I'm I'm taking it, and I'm taking so, it. So, thank the you, new sir. Voice. <laughs> May I have another? <laughs> the new voice talks about how all the survivors fled north to a place called Aurora, which is the first instance of a word that gets used way too much in this movie. As it turns out, Andrew is actually a robot designated AX-9. Now, I don't know if he was always a robot because they show him, they're like, what makes him different? And then it shows him like arriving at his mom's house from the beginning of the movie with flowers. And and they say, ah, independent. So, I don't know. I'm confused. I didn't know if he was a robot in the opening scenes. I didn't. Or a human? Yeah. I still, and in, I'll still wait for him to like kill everyone at the end. Uh, yeah. Fingers this crossed. Movie isn't, it's not the the big problem with this movie is it tries to do a weird I Robot Blade Runner Philip K Dick kind of thing. It is it doesn't have the the gravitas to pull off a move like that. Like right. they just leave it so ambiguous. But you don't deserve that. <laughs> you don't deserve to make that decision. <laughs> 
or, or to not give us the you information we you need. You don't have that right. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> so. With. Uh, what's up? Just. No. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. I believe in you. I, I have it written down here that the, the two J's. So John and Jacob. <laughs> they say that he will join one of the last and he'll lead Kronos to Aurora. Oh, man. And then uh, Andrew, AX-9, rolls up on a... Uh, a it, this city looks like it's straight out of PUBG. That's exactly what I thought of when I saw this place. I was like, oh, yeah. I've had some firefights in this place. A big mech spots him. Now, did you like this mech? Did you, What did you think about the, no. the CG? Uh, the CG is fine. The CG it ranges from fine to to good. Yeah. But overall, uh, the design, you got a mech the size of a building patrolling streets. What are you doing? Yeah. It's, and why is it looking like as soon as it spots them, it doesn't just, it, it can level the building, but it doesn't. It's like, I'm going to leave this building up. This building is important. We were told to kill the people, <laughs> not the buildings. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's so like he hides behind uh, barely hides behind the corner and it doesn't shoot at him i'm like dude that gun is the size of a car just kill him end it yeah well not only does he hide for like a split second but then he like peeks out looks around the corner yeah <laughs> like and the mech is gone and i was like is this gonna is this mech gonna pop up behind him somehow like it was just yeah there's it, a lot of how did he not hear it coming of... you can it's huge. Like even if it's there's, trying to be sneaky, there's no way you you don't hear that coming. Yeah. Well, I also don't think we hear any of its footsteps the entire time. So. I I didn't know. I was too busy looking yeah. at his haircut to really notice. <laughs> A girl runs out from nowhere and pushes him to the ground. Yeah. Where it then throws what looks like a camcorder case down on the ground and it explodes and then it's like knocks a, out the robot does it explode it like explodes or shoots electricity it was it an emp like what what did it do to the robot I, she says specifically that was my last explosive yeah but yeah i don't know sure i, I don't know i feel like if she could have a handheld device that would kill a mech that big the humans wouldn't have lost the war <laughs> So uh, all right. she saves his life and then immediately goes shopping. I'm not even making it up. She goes into a shop and starts picking up like what appear to be shampoo bottles and looking at them. Oh, you sk- I'm sorry. Uh, you got to back up like 15 seconds. Why? She kicks the door into the shop, the clearly unlocked door oh. that bounces back at her a little bit. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Maybe I didn't notice it because I was so angry at the, <laughs> the explosive device. Uh, um, so this girl says, "Like I'll go north and you go west, west or east." Because I saw them southeast. And she's like, "Yeah, yeah." And then she just runs off. And then uh, they're like, "Why'd you? Why are you letting her go? Or why'd you shoot at him?" He's like, "Oh, so she'll trust him. If she trusts him, she'll take him with her." I, I, I all right. Uh, another plot, problem I have with this movie the plot is with broke John down Cusack's. Right here, but tell me about John Cusack. He's just like he's just a terrible performance. Well, like he, I he's phoning it in. Like I get that he's phoning it in. Yeah. But be a professional, Johnny. Like <laughs> try to pretend. Try to pretend that you care. How about that, Johnny? How about you just pretend? So you say that the plot breaks down. Yeah, the plot is broken right here, right now. This is it. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Tell me. 
there are what I assume to be insect-sized robots. Because it's the only plausible explanation. They never never figure out why or how or what. But for the rest of the movie, androgynous haircut and discount Katniss are followed <laughs> by little camcorders because John Cusack sees everything they do. And it's not through the eyes of the android, but the Andrew's character, whatever, AX, whatever. They never say his name again. Like They, they give him a designation and they never call him by that designation, designation ever again. I'd, right. I'd forgotten. But they see it in the third person. So they're being followed. So the fact that he knows where she is and where she's going, why did he need to send an android in after her? He, uh, ju- he was following her just fine. If anything, it m- slowed her down. I think the... I, I think it's the fact that <laughs> this movie... Give it to me. Give it to me. Already, this movie existed without John Cusack. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So the 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 problem is is that whatever plot they had already established outside of his involvement never changed. You know what right, I mean? Right. So who knows the actual reason? Like in my head canon, now that you asked me the question, the only reason why I could think that is maybe they knew that she would never make it on her own. And that she she needed someone else to go with her to give her the strength to succeed, but the reality is, is it just the plot doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's yeah. the reason why. Yeah, it so it just doesn't. They yeah. yeah. So he runs off, and then I guess he decides that he's going to follow her. Yeah, uh, and he Does doesn't he? do a very good job of following her at she all. She doesn't do a good job of seeing him follow her. <laughs> She keeps uh, looking I, behind her. I heard a noise. Yeah, it's the woods, man. Some I also have down here uh, discount Katniss. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my my one note was was that was androgynous uh, haircut and discount Katniss. So she asks him a bunch of questions. She's like, "Where's your crew? Where are they stationed?" And he can't answer them. Like he's like, right. "I don't know what you're talking well, about." She thinks he's there to rob her. You know, we already talked about this with well, about the Walking Dead about how humans when society breaks down mm-hmm. uh they prey upon each other and that's essentially what she's describing she's asking him these questions because there's gangs of people who she's expecting do, to be a victim of some kind yeah yeah terrible things before he actually met her when he was walking through this town this PUBG town when he was looting for gear he found a medallion that what i think is supposed to be a phoenix on a v of some kind and she's like where'd you get that Where'd you? Who gave it to you? And he's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. I can't answer these questions because uh, this plot sucks. <laughs> yeah. And she, she's like cooking some food over a fire. She offers it to him. He's like, No, I'm fine. Uh. <laughs> uh. The dude is the dude is the cleanest person she could have ever seen. I mean, she's fairly clean too. I don't like I, their clothes somehow repel dirt. He's got a haircut. That's the like. That's he's got a, not just a haircut, but he's got he's he's trimmed up. It's fresh looking. Like yeah. it just happened. Yeah, th- he has no supplies on him. He's got a, a clean, untorn shirt, unsoiled clothing. He's obviously from somewhere. Not he doesn't eat. Uh, kill him. <laughs> just kill him. Yeah. Apparently, the medallion is for some is for believers. Like she specifically says, like you know, believers. She pulls out a GPS, which which I think is a GPS. I actually think it's like a Sony Ericsson phone from like 2000. 
it, essentially it's a GPS and she points to a location on the map and she's like, we got to get here. We get a nice shot of him gathering some firewood and he looks upon a ruined city and sees some kind of structure that's grayish black with purple. And then that's it. And then we get a, a shot of John, John Cusack's face staring at the camera. The there's a lot of, of these. many. Yeah, there's a lot of these. As it turns out, this girl's name is Kalia. C-A-L-A-I. Or I-A. C-A-L-I-A. Sorry. Not Calais. She wakes him up. We're looking at the Aurora Borealis. Have you actually ever seen the Aurora Borealis in person? No, not in person. Neither have I. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. It would remind me of this movie, so it might be less awesome <laughs> yeah, than it would have been. <laughs> we, as it turns out that the AI, Kronos, doesn't actually know if Aurora is real. Because every human they've ever interrogated about Aurora believes it to just be a legend. Like heaven or hell or you know some other place where people go to escape their crappy circumstances i don't think people go to hell to escape their crappy circumstances i mean if, if you want to get off earth i mean <laughs> if you want to get, out, just of, ready you want to get, get out, out of real life you're just yeah. taking your chances i suppose yeah but uh, i'm really certain that's so, not but all right but maybe not maybe you're right we'll look it up later <laughs> we'll look it up later i'm just i'm just saying that he, like that heaven and hell are a fictional place that's that's what i meant it's just well, i understand what you're saying <laughs> and it broke down you're like yeah people no yeah no i said what i said i heard what you said andrew wakes up apparently Kalia is singing by some river i didn't whatever the yeah. song was it wasn't important for enough for me to figure out what it was and she drops some flowers in the water and then they leave that scene ends thanks for that and they're walking by some railroad tracks and he gets down and puts his ear on the rail and she's yeah. like what are you doing yeah. And he's like, oh, I, I like, I like trains. <laughs> That's what he says. He I says know. he likes trains. It's so, so uh, this kid is so dumb. He hasn't <laughs> at, like, he's, he's like, I guess he's maybe trying to just figure things out through context, but she's like, people have been dead for how many ever years? 30, well, she, 60. She says, and he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? What happened? Trains yeah. have been gone for 60 years. Ugh. But I thought 97 years had passed. Right, but so maybe some trains a... lived. Like, 8 billion people died. But trains are automated, man. It's the future. They'll run on their own. I mean, but this girl's like 18. Yeah. 19, 20. Yeah. She would have been She's born a young adult. In, in year 70. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Close. I just, again. Uh... <laughs> she also doesn't know how to work a Polaroid camera, man. So it doesn't Fair really enough. matter. Can I... You know, do we see her use this crossbow? She points it at him. That's not what I asked. No. No, 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 she doesn't. They're trying to cross, I guess, that same river, and she can't find a bridge. And he's like, let's just walk across. And they look down and see skulls in the riverbed. And she's like, that's what happens when there's no one left to bury the bodies. And I actually wrote down here that that sounds like a really awesome album name for a metal band. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no one left to bury the bodies yeah that's good that's good no one left to bury the bodies <laughs> or at least like the title song oh, that's on great. that album so they arrive at a church at night he picks up a what a, you know, i don't know if it was a hymnal or a bible or whatever while they're scrounging for supplies yeah, it's implied it's a bible and she's like well what are you doing he's like oh yeah i used to come to church every sunday it's like a law 
she says, uh, probably my <laughs> probably my most left at line in this entire movie, which is, I don't like laws. They don't apply to the people that make them. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, okay, here we go. There we go. There we go. Here we go. What law? Like at this point, she's lived. As far as we know, she's lived in the wilderness her whole life. Yeah. What laws does she know? <laughs> the law of the jungle. The law of the jungle. The wolf is the pack, and the pack is the wolf. And then uh, oh, homeboy finds a, a sonogram. Me. That's what this is. No, this isn't a sonogram. A sonogram is that thing that goes on your tummy. Yeah, this is not a sonogram. Like a like a. Now I can't remember what it's called. Gramophone. That's what it's called. It's a gramophone. And then uh, turns it on Ugh. like an idiot. And she's like, "What are you doing? Are you trying <laughs> to have them find us?" <laughs> that voice. That's perfect. Uh, and then oh. we get a cut to a drone of some kind scanning the area and they are hiding behind pews in which you can clearly see their heads yes and somehow this thing does not find them it also doesn't look behind the only thing that could hide a person yeah it's a real Uh, bad drone it's obvious why the humans are still alive (laughs) and then there's a there's actually a shot where they're both looking over to where the drone was and you just see like a black doorway yep like well, it's it's a doorway and it's shadowed. For the few moments that this was on screen, I expected the drone to appear behind. Hundred percent. Oh, that or inf- I expected a jump scare. I was yeah, ready for it. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Nope. And that happens like three or four times in this movie. Like this is a couple times where I was like, oh no, uh, no payoff, no jump scare there. Nothing. Huh? That was a great. That was a waste of a shot. Well, I mean, this, she... this whole movie is a waste of <laughs> some... hard drive space. <laughs> some celluloid that didn't have to be used. Apparently, there's underground bunkers or caverns that have functioned as shelters. And she's like, is that where you were from? And he's like, yeah, I guess. Do you think he's programmed to just not give information? Well, no, because they established later that he's not programmed or whatever that was trying I... to say. So, like, do you think he's... You think he's just scared of her leaving? Like, what is what is his motivation for being just so dense? I don't it's think he's supposed to, to have anything. It's supposed to be deliberate. It's, he's got to be deliberately dense. Well, again, <laughs> I I think this is just an issue with the script. But I mean, maybe. Yeah, I wasn't blaming the fictional character. Obviously, what I'm saying is all he remembers is leaving, like his mom's house. And then the next thing you, he knows, he's crawling up a tube, and everything is gone. Everything's different than what he saw. Yeah, he's handling just, it pretty well. <laughs> he's fairly emotionally adjusted. No, I I don't know. I can't answer your question because this movie. Oh, was it? It was rhetorical. This movie asks far more questions than it answers, and this, none of them are worth this exploring. This movie is uh, rhetorical. <laughs> yeah, as it turns out, when they fall asleep, she spoons him. <laughs> And then, like, it acts really weird about it. Yeah. It's like, because he wakes up and she's like, uh, did, did you, what happened? And he's like, what are you, what are you talking about? What happened? And then she, nothing happened. <laughs> like, she just, okay. She's just, is this, uh, never mind. <laughs> We're moving. We're moving along. We're moving on. Ugh. They do a little bit more discussion. She says, um, the Kronos' creators. The legends say that they became one with their AI to live forever, which after she says this, we kind of get an idea of why Carmen's character, Damien, looks so 
messed up. He looks like a a human that has been suffering from something. You know, I mean, his his head's all bubbly and he's his parts of it are caved in and yeah, yeah, glassed over. Like he looks like he's suffering from some kind of illness or injury or whatever. He shows no symptoms other than the physical appearance. It's not slowing him down any. Right. Well, I mean, we find out that he is also an artificial intelligence because there's no way he could have lived to have been 100 years old. If, well, it looks like they whatever. were keeping his body alive. Later, we yeah. find that out. But I'm, so, I'm so, sorry. I didn't mean to spoil the movie ahead of us. <laughs> Spoiling the movie. Sorry. <laughs> Four people so who are we, still listening. We get a travel scene. We get a lot of shots of the world post-war. There's like mechs sitting on plinths. I mean, it, this this I think this movie is filmed entirely in the Czech Republic. I believe so. Very pretty. Yeah, uh, it was shot in 2013 in the Czech Republic in Switzerland. Yeah, we get a lot of different scenes. Like, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I the few things that Mythica probably got wrong was like how they walk forever, but they never actually leave the area that they're in. Whereas in this movie, this is how you portray people traveling for a great distance. <laughs> you show things other than them walking. But, you know, that's just my opinion. Yeah. She's telling him the story of Kronos. Again, we have to we have to be reminded of the beginning of the movie because we weren't paying attention. Or we've forgotten. Weiss. Hmm? Weiss. We yeah. Forget. We uh, come across a house with no walls or fence. And Andrew says, I thought they built walls. And she like kind of meanders away and he starts looking around and he's like, everything here looks pretty normal. And Callie says, well, maybe they got here before the robots arrived or they left before the robots arrived. And then he takes a Polaroid camera and takes a picture of her. Uh, And then she takes one of him. Oh, I actually, this scene is probably the best scene in the movie. Okay. All out. Well, when I I say that because it's the only scene in which any character development actually happens is the... We I actually like get Andrew's like Andrew's from the past, but at no point before now is there any indication that he's from the past. He doesn't say something like like when she says, Oh yeah, there haven't been trains trains have been gone for sixty years and he goes, Whoa, wait, what? It's not twenty yeah. twenty? There's nothing, right? right? He never mentions the fact that he's over a hundred years old at this point. Right. I expected the flash of the Polaroid camera to attract another drone. That's fair. Uh, I just, he just, the last place they stayed that we saw anyways, <laughs> he done made noise and now he's flashing lights. Uh, inconsistent, but consistently inconsistent. So there's something. There you go. Uh, Kalia talks about her house. Uh, it was one of the last human settlements. Her sister was outside playing by herself. She got hit by a drone strike. Her parents left. They were like, we can't stay here. She won't make the trip. She won't make the the journey. We can't take her. And so they just left. Straight up. And and then she Harsh. she stays. She you know she's like, I can't leave. I couldn't leave my sister until she stopped breathing. That's what I was saying. Like this is that's the reason why this is probably the best scene in the movie because we actually get Plot. a reason. That's the reason why she stays. That's the reason why she comes back is she needs to have an anchor. Yeah. It just happens to be a guy with perfect hair. Well, <laughs> it's uh, sure. What? It's it's a. I didn't say. I I said it was a fresh haircut. I didn't say it was a good haircut. No, no. I mean, like it. No matter what happens to this guy, his hair stays the same shape. Like it's. He also has perfect. figured out how to not grow facial hair. <laughs> well, he's a robot. Yeah. 
apparently Kalia's GPS tracker is actually following her father's medallion. She says, my father put a, a tracker in his medallion, and this is what's going to lead us to him. Yeah, I mean, she's operating on the assumption that he made it to Aurora. You know, right. <laughs> it could be at the bottom of some mass grave. <laughs> we don't know. We're hoping. <laughs> he wakes up the next morning. Uh, the subtitles say there is distant clatter. As it turns out, it's people, humans. Kalia, as soon as she's alerted to this, wants to leave. She doesn't trust him. Uh, Andrew's like, but you trusted me. I got to find out what's going on. They find the group uh, in the woods. Yeah. They appear pretty rough for wear. They they look like your typical cliched survivors out in the woods. Whatever image you have in your head is right. Yeah. Uh, there's a little girl who's... I don't know if there's anything wrong with her eyes because I don't really see her blink, but they look weird. She was blind in one eye. And she stands up and points directly at Kalia and Andrew. And they run away. Andrew trips, falls, and gets uh, punched in the... Like, he gets domed with a uh, the butt of a rifle. Oh, yeah. Lethal. Yeah, I, I assumed he was dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hoped he was dead. Well. As it turns out, he doesn't die, but gets woken up. Yeah tied to a fence and then immediately gets punched in the head again in the same spot like <laughs> yeah no yeah they're not no interested in him answering questions yeah you saw the meat yeah. they were eating yeah i'm just saying I, well i think she says earlier that like because they hear some birds and she right. says uh the robots aren't you know, after the wildlife or whatever yeah fair enough so i that, fine that's what i thought i'll take but I'll you take could be back right. my bad joke yeah <laughs> What's your bad joke? You just are, it was about cannibalism. Let's just move on. Oh, okay. The Jays are watching the feed. Damien's like, well, she abandoned him. And he's like, oh, she'll go back. And she does. She's walking away and she looks down at the Polaroid that he took. And then Andrew is sitting tied up to the fence and his medallion is ripped from his neck. The guy who does it, I have down here that the guy who is quote unquote in charge just screams early 90s command and conquer extra uh yeah you know what i'm saying yeah, i'm, I'm okay. there 100 100 percent. and our references are making our audience more and more niche <laughs> look man i'm just here for the for the memes callie returns she comes back to save andrew but she's trying to saw through rope with some cheap walmart survival hatchet yeah something she bought from a kiosk in a mall yeah, she, and that's dumb because you don't saw with those things. You chop. And so, yeah, it would have made more noise, but she would have immediately freed the prisoner if she just had taken, like, a swing. She didn't have a ropes. saw, which is also odd. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't have, like, a, a Swiss Army knife with all those yeah, Gerber convenience stores that she yeah. raided. She couldn't find one sitting yeah. around. So she, uh, they catch her. Uh, oh, they, they begin to assault her. Yeah. They spend like 30 seconds trying to take her jacket off. Yeah. I I mean, I know why they filmed this the way they did, but it just looked bad. Like, yeah. It just really did not I, look good. I would have. They. I get it. I, I actually paused the movie at this point to check the rating before continuing. <laughs> I have standards. I, I mean, I I just, you know. It's fair. I didn't. I don't want to. I don't. I didn't because I don't want to expose myself to things I don't want to expose myself to. Yeah, I mean, I have a feeling that Netflix would have like because at the beginning it doesn't warn you of anything like that. No, but I couldn't remember what it warned me of. I wasn't right. I mean, it had like if I had started this movie and it would have said like 
if if the word sexual violence had appeared on the screen, I would have texted you immediately. <laughs> been like, we can't watch this movie. Yeah, I don't want to do uh, this. So I'm gonna watch a lot of violent things, but uh, yes, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. Come on. So come I on. did. I actually paused it, checked the rating, and said okay. And then it was like, this is going on too long. Let's <laughs> let's move past this. It's un- unnecessary. Andrew activates his, I guess, survival instinct. His hunter-killer mode switch turns on. (laughs) Using his immense robot strength, breaks free of his bonds, and then proceeds to just punch a bunch of people. The uh, Command and Conquer extra cuts him with a machete, like like slices diagonally across his chest, and then just stands over his kill way too long. Yeah. Finish him off. Uh, He's he's reliving his Command and Conquer days, man. You can't take that away from him. I mean, like, he has a perfectly cut beard line and a really yeah. crappy looking beret. Yeah. Seriously. His facial hair is <laughs> clean and disgusting at the same time. Well, as a bearded man, yes. I am offended by this type of facial hair. I really am, <laughs> but that's not important. You haven't seen my Corona neck beard, have you? <laughs> All right, moving on. Moving on. So Kalia actually uses part of her crossbow, and by part of it, I mean one of the bolts that was that's not part of the in crossbow, the holster. But fair. And she stabs him, I guess, through the heart, all the way through from the back. Yeah, she has some upper, but like that is some strength. <laughs> this is not a small person. It's not a not a massive individual, but not a small person. I mean, right around the spine area too. Like, what if yeah. she had popped one of his vertebrae? Besides, I mean, besides paralyzing him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he would have just he was he wouldn't have died immediately. No, but she she makes it in between the ribs twice. Uh, yeah, through yeah. a bunch of organs. It, how long is a crossbow bolt? Two and a half feet. Really? Her, hers Maybe? were they didn't look that big. How long is yeah. a modern? Normally, I say we'd look this up later, but I think this is this is incredibly important to me. Bolt. I mean, this is the most interesting part of this. Twenty inches. Most crossbow arrows are t- sixteen to twenty-two inches. All right. Let's so to max twenty-two. I mean, he's a hefty dude. I guess maybe, but it has but with room with the with whatever the feathers. I'm sure there's a word for that that I don't know, and I'm making a fool the of myself. Fletching. Yeah, the room for her to hold it, and then it sticks through his chest a little bit. Nah. <laughs> you're out inaccurate i'm, I'm gonna call it right now this is this is this is the bit of the movie that i just can't believe <laughs> this is where the suspension of this is my suspension fails. of disbelief has been completely dispelled there is nothing that mr cusack can do he can't bring you back into the fold on this mr one. mr cusack mr kuba you've lost me <laughs> they run off um <laughs> She kills the guy and then leaves. Mm. She goes to get him up and he's like, no, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. I was like, how is he standing up? He just got sliced well, through the chest. And I get he it because also, he's a robot, but like she doesn't second guess it. I'm like, yeah. you're dense. So well, dense. The, the very next scene is when we realize this girl's a complete moron because she lays him down on some hay. Yeah. And she's like, are you sure you're okay? Ugh. Like, dude just got sliced diagonally across the chest area there appears to be some sort of stain to his shirt yeah and she doesn't even bother opening up his jacket to like dress the wound look eyeliner guy it knows what's going on with his own body he doesn't need her imposing her will on him Ugh. i just 
So I'm just okay. Saying. So look, so this this movie is done. It's 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 had two cardinal sins. For one, I've mentioned this before with another movie. Don't start your movie off with text exposition. It's bad. Come on now, let's move on. The the most text I should have at the beginning of a movie is location, a year if that's relevant to the okay. film. So it did like that. Like Independence Day. Yeah. 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 So it did that. And then the plot relies on, the second cardinal sin, is that the plot relies on the character's lack of intelligence. You're insulting the audience when you have your, when you have the, the plot is only moved forward because your, your characters are too dumb to do anything else. <laughs> and it's not a comedy, right? We're not laughing at them. We're not supposed to laugh at them, I should say. So, we are. Well, uh <laughs> <laughs> I I will I will I will say I did not laugh this entire movie. I just Fair it was enough. it was too much. But no, it, it you're you're insulting your audience's intelligence. Yeah, and it's, I mean, and it it upsets me. I don't like being insulted. They don't even touch on it. She doesn't even mention it again. <laughs> like I said, he has been cut with the machete, and all she does is ask him if he's okay. Nothing else. Nothing. Until the very next day. Oh, they fall asleep okay. together. Yeah. And the so mm. Andrew has a dream. Or we assume it's a dream. He is in some sort of graveyard. And then he like stops and turns and is looking at something. And then it ends. And then Callie wakes up and is trying to shake him awake. And he doesn't respond. All of a sudden he wakes up. And she's like, I, you know, we've heard stories about how there were humanoids, humanoid machines. I didn't know that I would ever meet one. And then he wakes up and she's looking at his, like he pulls his jacket down. We see where the damage was done with the sword. There's some kind of light emanating from his chest. It's blue, I think. Yeah. Like a black. He was designed. Oil. They they <laughs> they bought the RGB package for his yeah. innards. <laughs> they glow for some reason. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, do you think that the story that she was told about humanoid robots, do you think that there's an actual in-universe story, or is it just somebody telling her the plot of Terminator? <laughs> it's, they got to take it out of context, given the current... Maybe. I mean, what if Terminator <laughs> exists in this world? Oh, shut and that's, up. And that's... What, no, no, hold on. No, not not like Terminator the Terminators. I mean, like Terminator the movie. Oh, well, yeah. I so, mean, I assume, I assume that everything, everything up to... A certain year is the same, right? So Terminator has to exist. What if they're like all the the? There's a bunch of misinformation because everyone's getting their AI taking over the world stories mixed up. Oh, somebody watched Terminator and the other person only saw Terminator Genesis, and they just can't reconcile. Yeah, Yeah. dark future. Yeah. Oh Uh, god. (laughs) I saw that on my honeymoon. Was that in the middle of the Caribbean? I, you know, I I just made fun of Genesis. I actually didn't mind it. I thought it was a decent movie. I don't think it I, paid homage to Terminator very well, but I thought it was a fun movie. How was how was dark? Whatever. I'll say that I think Genesis was good. Yeah. I think spoiling the biggest twist in the movie in the in the theatrical trailer was a yeah. colossal screw up. Well, they did that with Terminator too. It's a it's a trend. So, uh, Dark Future, okay, not great. All right. Okay. All right. I thought Arnold's return to the series was pretty good. Okay. Thank you. Have you not watched it yet? No. No. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, I. I don't think I'd spend money. No. Unless it's like the you can get like it for four ninety nine off Amazon <laughs> rental. I'll look into it. Maybe we'll watch it next. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, Andrew has no idea that he was a robot. 
He's like, I, I, I don't, I didn't know, because as far as he knows, he's a kid in his early twenties who, you know, the last thing he really remembers before waking up in the the vat slash hole slash thing in the ground um, is that he was visiting his mom and got on a bus. She's like, you're dangerous. You don't feel anything. And then he says, uh, I felt, you know, your arm around me in every morning. Uh-huh. Everything that I feel is real. And she says, well, if you if you feel, then you got to let me go. And then she bails. Solid point. She rolls. Solid. We cut to the Jays, Damien, Jacob's character. Well, Jacob, sorry, Carmen's character. <laughs> says it's time to retrieve the subject. And then Andrew has the same dream again, but this time he actually sees his grave marker and he shows that he died in 2020. How did he? And then he wakes up. What's up? How does he have a gravestone? Or is this all just symbolic? I think it's all symbology. Uh. It's supposed to represent, like, to, I guess, forgive the term, put the nail in the coffin on the idea that he doesn't realize that he's an AI. And I guess it also reveals that he wasn't an AI the entire time. Or at least before the like the the incidents like because we don't actually see him die at the beginning of the movie we see a bright white light and then well, cop nothing the else of thing. him yeah it, so you're saying that he was or was not a robot the whole time uh, I mean I am going with the assumption that he was not one that he simply was captured mm. and experimented upon and then they transferred his consciousness into the body of a uh, android. Specifically designed to look exactly like him. Cool. Yeah, that's my theory. He wakes up. He's in some kind of lab. Damien's character is hovering over him uh, with his head all jacked up still. And he talks about memories and that how they gave him those memories, just like they gave him the brain that he has and the arms and the legs. Apparently, he's trying to pull the information about Aurora out of his brain, and Andrew's not cooperating. But he's saying, I don't know where it is. Like, I don't know the information that you seek. And so Jacob, dang it, Damien. <laughs> but, but they've seen everything that he's seen, so. Right. Yeah, I don't know. And they, I don't know. And they have her tracking device now. As we're, sorry, spoilers for four minutes in the future. <laughs> they have her little GPS, so what are they even interrogating him for? I don't know. He does the typical villain move where he pulls mm-hmm. in the girl into the room and he's like, if you don't give me what I want, she dies. And so he puts Andrew into a little dream quest. Andrew sees his mother um, on a park. Oh yes. Her his mother who has higher billing than Kalia. (laughs) I mean, we at least find out Kalia's name. Uh, (laughs) So she says, you know, I believe in you. I've I'm, I've always been proud of you, uh, and he's like, "How is this possible?" She's like, "Well, you brought me here, and perception is reality. You're in control of your of yourself. Yeah, you're in charge of your life." And he, he's like, "Well, I got to find this code," and she's like, "Well, there isn't a code, and that you're my son." And then he says, "I don't understand anything," uh, and it was at this moment where I realized that I didn't understand anything either. So, uh, me and Andrew, <laughs> on the same page, solidarity. You've been yeah, on the same page with him, actually, the entire time. He, he was a great vessel for the audience. Yeah. We kind of cut out, and Kalia is actually looking at images of her and Andrew laying in a field, holding hands, giggling, um, <laughs> you know, doing the lover stuff. Jacob looks over at her, and he looks at the images and realizes that he's going about it the wrong way. 
and he says something to the effect that, uh, and I didn't bother rewinding it to find out what he says, but that which can be tempted, or that which cannot be found can be tempted, and then presses a button which makes some red text appear on the display that says reprogramming target. And then he leaves. Kalia runs over to Andrew, tries to wake him up, and then he just punches the crap out of her. <laughs> like, he just, like, if this guy's a robot and he punches a human in the head, how does he not like inflict severe brain damage with this punch? You have to have a nah, that, that joke is too yeah. easy. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't have a brain. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, something about her dense skull and peanut brain, yeah. and uh, and then he starts to choke her. Yep, and, and she. Then she... <laughs> <laughs> She leans in, <laughs> grabs his head, and kisses him. Oh, uh, man. Which, oh. you know, ladies, uh, if if there are any any women listening to this podcast, oh. so, first this of all, is not, sorry. This is not how you stop your attacker. No, it is not. <laughs> like, oh. But apparently... With uh, old AX-9, it causes an error in some uh, subroutine. Well, I think she's trying to yeah. appeal to his humanity and his feelings or what have you. Sure. And <laughs> just, oh, man. Anyways, apparently there's an error. And then we get a voiceover of commencing neural med shutdown. And it just repeats over and over. They start to run. He grabs a bag. The, I guess the same robot that was with Damien tries to stop them. For his trouble, he just gets his head nearly punched off by this dude mm-hmm. who just punched a human and didn't knock her head off, whatever. Apparently, a neural med shutdown means that the building is going to fall apart. I don't know. Sure. And then uh, the Jays talk about his adaptive algorithm and that how Carmen says, you know, now we can't control him. And then uh, John Cusack's character says, uh, well... We don't need to control him. All we need to do is for him to take us to Aurora. That's all we need. It doesn't matter what happens now. She tries to hug him, but he can't touch her. He won't put his hands on her. And she's like, but I trust you. Eh, I'll see how that goes, girl. And then he carries her around a lot. It gives her the bag that he took from the bunker that she says, like, the GPS is missing. And then she says he's pure and she doesn't care if his, if he is a machine. He's more human than human. <laughs> and Rob Zombie music did not play, and it was a shame. It was a travesty. This dude, this <laughs> this guy managed to pull off uh, an entire character arc for one of the most beloved characters in sci-fi, Data, in less than an hour. <laughs> so hats off to this guy. With no comedy um, relief. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. No cat. Yeah, yeah, no cat. And there was another, there's another section where they're walking, but they see the Borealis again. Callie is like, that's light, that light's not coming from the sky. Like, that's coming from the ground. And then we get a shot of what looks like, it looks like some concept art from Skyrim to me. It's immediately <laughs> what it looked like. And then they're walking on the path and she's like, we're here, and then runs away. Oh, sorry. Why would the human city that's trying to hide from the robots leave their lights on at night so badly that you could see them from a few miles away. I don't know. (laughs) 
and I and I'm not, I'm not second guessing the common sense of the last human enclave on the planet. I'm second guessing the common sense of our characters to immediately assume that the humans would be broadcasting themselves in such a manner. Well, we find out immediately afterwards that that it's not coming from a human settlement. No, it's but they still thought it was. For sure. A while. Well, if you think about the fact that the Aurora Borealis actually happens, maybe it was their their way of telling you, like, come look, follow the Aurora, and you'll find Aurora, and the, and the robots see a natural phenomenon and don't think anything of it. I don't know. Oh. Um, yeah, the but, robots, I mean, with their microscopic cameras, they don't have any satellites. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's a bunch of incompetence in this movie, a lot. But it only took Kronos a heartbeat <laughs> to decide. <laughs> so there's nothing right, there's or nothing. no one in this um, this ruin or this building or wherever they are. Kalia is running around trying to desperately trying to find somebody and she happens upon a machine. Something very similar to the structure that Andrew saw when he's gathering firewood. Right. And then the uh, the Jays have a disagreement about how to handle it and he's like uh this isn't this isn't aurora elias john cusack's character figures out that this is not what they're looking for but damien just wants to go ahead and destroy the humans he's he's ready but he actually appears before them uh he says you know we planted andrew with you because we wanted him to learn what it's like to be human because we're trying to betray your kind and then she's like well you don't have human intuition, and she shoots this representation of him. Apparently, he's made out of nanites. Yeah. And that they're going to launch a bunch of missiles to kill the remaining humans. Like drones or missiles? Are they missiles? They're flying around weird. They call them missiles, right? But they fly around pretty weird for missiles. I think they're drones, but I, but they, I think yeah. they were just going to function as a missile because they were just going to fly <laughs> into the building and cause it to sure. blow up. I don't know. They're trying to escape. Andrew sees an opening. It looks like some kind of sewer or cave. But as they get deeper, there's like pipes and floodlights. And then she's like, where are we? Where are we? And once Kalia actually asks, asks that question, an uh, automated voice comes on and says, uh, detecting human voice. A display appears before them, fairly t- advanced. It says, you know, we're going to, you need to confirm your identity or whatever. And so she takes her medallion and touches it to the blinking symbol that's identical to it. And then it talks about how, you know, plotting course for planet Aurora. And this is where I, I realized that this uh. movie was dumb. Uh, <laughs> this because is it. This 88 minutes no, into a 92 minute movie, you're like, this is pretty be, stupid. Okay. How did the, how did humanity get to this planet? Same how way. did humanity reach a planet immediately after an artificial intelligence wipes 8 billion people out. I don't think it was immediate, but, you know, there's I mean, something in there. I don't know. If they had the ability to leave the planet, they never would have, like, created the AI. Because <laughs> they, they would have solved all the problems. Well, they solved they wouldn't them later. Have, they, well, in the, he, they wouldn't... Yeah, all right. I'm just saying. But they wouldn't... I'm gonna, uh, it, you, I really hate that you're making me defend this movie. But here you go. <laughs> John Cusack was warned about the AI. And he was in... I don't know, he wasn't in hiding, but he wasn't in public because people were blaming him for all of the problems. 
So, I mean, I think he was doubling down and trying to fix everything because he felt maybe not responsible, but he felt like people didn't understand him or blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, he was not the only smart person around. I'm just saying. And you really I'm think just 8 saying. billion people died in a heartbeat? That's what they said. That's what they said. They s- she also doesn't know how to use a Polaroid camera. All right? Like, <laughs> well, she was born... 60 years after that right, happened. Which, she's, she's not from 2020. In which time, in which case, the Polaroid camera would be the only camera. And she knows what pictures are because she's seen to pictures. It doesn't matter. Look, Look, I don't care. I don't care. No, I, no, th- this doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And the but, reason why it doesn't make any sense. Why would it have to make sense? Because this film is two different films. It's two. <laughs> there's th- yeah. three. There's... No, there's Hunger Games out there, no, no, and no. then there's the Cusacks, and then there's suddenly no whatever this what I'm is. Saying is. What I'm saying is, whatever the story was before oh, they yes, yes, yes. did extra stuff explains, but we don't get it. Do we, you think we, so? This movie's 92 minutes long. I want to see the bits they. I want to see the cut of. I want to see Aurora. Like I, I will if they release a cut of this movie. <laughs> in its state uh, prior to john cusack i'm putting it right i'm putting this um this is recorded you're putting it on wax putting it on wax i will watch it film uh oh no oh. you're looking for it i was i was saying that thinking no nah, that'll never happen the good news for you is it just shows a bunch of scenes of maleficent so <laughs> i think what? you're safe for now all right yeah uh, <laughs> Any, yeah oh, no, no, it doesn't make it the, the princess it doesn't make any it. sense no it doesn't and it I don't think sense. it makes perfect. I don't. I don't think it'll be fixed in the cut that is Aurora and not Singularity. But okay, look, look, real quick, real quick, just for just to be just for thoroughness. Uh, the last minute, the spaceship goes into hyperdrive. They land on some planet that was mentioned at the very, very, very beginning of the movie. That so quickly that Chris didn't even notice that they mentioned it, and everything's happy now. There's some qualms about, oh, he's a robot, and should he come? And they have their little moment, and then they go. And then John Cusack kills the other guy because he doesn't he's outlived his usefulness, and then he sends a whole bunch of ships out into space to go kill the humans. He's following them to the next planet, essentially. And then the movie ends. Okay, so we've done through the plot. The whole, this was, this is ridiculous. It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. If they if they release the Aurora cut, I will watch it. If they release a sequel where John Cusack is a supercomputer AI that is waging an interplanetary war with an advanced group of humans, I will also watch that. <laughs> Mostly because I'd be like, how did it get made? What is happening? I don't know. You're right. I don't think that the writing was great to begin with and then whatever they butchered it to put john cusack's name on it to try to make more money which by the way i was wrong the opening amount of money that it made was 533 dollars opening weekend (laughs) (laughs) which is 500 dollars more than it deserves yeah so but so let's i'm gonna try real hard here okay was there anything that you liked about the movie (laughs) i mean I think I like the idea of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, in terms of, it's supposed to be a, I don't even want to say it's supposed to be a love story. It is. Did you not see But the, it's, because oh, what is the Kickstarter called? Aurora, Twisted Robot Love Story. Right. It's supposed but what to I'm be saying is that, uh, some sort of That's romantic. not what I liked. Okay, okay. 
what I like this idea, what I like the idea of this movie is that it attempted to take every cliche ever in the history of movies that involve humans and artificial intelligence and then try to tell it in the worst way possible. Mm. Because we every single step of this movie has taken place in a different movie. The, the only thing that's original is the twist at the very end in which we find out that humanity has long left the planet in which they were being butchered by robots, but they somehow didn't manage to leave before then. Everything about it, the creator of the artificial intelligence becoming one with the artificial intelligence, done. The human falling in love or developing some sort of emotional attachment with the human, the android, done. Humanity being wiped out by uh, hyper-advanced machines, done. Yeah. The only thing I like about this movie is they managed to do all of that worse. That's it. That's the only thing I liked about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Same. All right. I mean, and all, I mean, honestly, it, it, you like you nailed it. I mean, it. There's nothing original in it except for the twist at the end. I liked the twist at the end, if only because I was not expecting it at all. So I appreciated that. <laughs> just, just a real out of left field. But I liked I liked the twist. How do you feel? I mean, you already mentioned that you felt that John Cusack was phoning it in. Possibly he just filmed the whole thing in his garage and then sent them the footage. <laughs> That's a distinct possibility because I don't even think he touches anybody in the movie. How do you feel about the other four actors? I mean, Carmen Arg- Argan Ziano, top notch. I thought he did a pretty good job. With what he had to deal with, he did a very convincing performance. I liked it. Our leads... I mean, Homegirl being discount, Katniss. Yeah. I looked it up, and Hunger Games came out in March 23rd, sorry, 2012. So, I mean, it was right after uh, Hunger Games released is when they filmed this movie. So, it's not... I was hoping that it was a coincidence, but I've changed my mind. It's not. (laughs) Sorry. No. No, I mean... That's really visually. I mean, her attitude and her character is completely different. Yeah. Andrew's character... Andrew... Eh, eh, I don't know. I just Julian Schaffner, Schaffner. I yeah, think he I was think... the weakest out of the the bunch. Honestly, I didn't mind her performance. I I felt. I mean, I I minded it quite a bit. I just lied to everyone. I'm so I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't tell what was just poor script and directing, and what was her. If that makes sense. While with Julian uh, Andrew, the robot, I could tell when it was like, oh, he's not this isn't working out you know what i mean yeah well i mean how much direction are they going to give this guy <laughs> hey act like you don't know what the hell's going on okay <laughs> he didn't read the script so he knows nothing about what's going on <laughs> i don't understand anything yeah yeah me too man yeah uh, same bro i can't emphasize that enough yeah i don't i yeah yeah Unless you got something else, I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. <laughs> so that was... Oh, so last question. Sorry. <laughs> Is this better or worse than 3022? I think it was worse. <laughs> I really do. Oh, man. Same. Um, hard, like, hard same. And I think that it, 3022 at least had like... From the beginning of the movie, you realize that you're watching like a weird artistic imp- like almost impression like i don't not impressionist i don't know enough about art it's, to, to say it's trying that's to right be artsy wrong. and it and it fulfilled yeah. and, it, and it hits it in, in some ways 
yeah i mean it, it definitely nailed the idea that we're watching like yeah this is a movie that's trying to be like this whereas this is just the most generic sci-fi romance movie i've ever seen what other ro- <laughs> sci-fi romance movie have you seen occupation no just <laughs> <laughs> uh no jupiter I, ascending yeah oh gosh oh man oh god why did you do this <laughs> i had i actually oh. scrolled past that movie to get to this uh, movie on netflix to watch it the, Wach- the wachowskis are gonna find you man i'm not worried um, about them <laughs> they're, they're busy finding themselves okay so yeah i'm done um <laughs> thank with you this movie yes i don't want to i don't want to talk about this movie anymore that was that oh, uh that was um singularity so yeah if you uh if you liked what you <laughs> if okay if you liked us making fun of this movie please please feel free to like subscribe follow review yes on whatever your podcasting platform of choice is and um don't be afraid to hit us up on social media we got a twitter now it's at b underscore roll podcast you can email me at sci-fi wise guys at gmail.com and send recommendations yeah ask us questions we're always looking for recommendations yeah awesome well thanks for listening i've been one of your co-hosts chris and i've been the other co-host anthony catch you guys next time thanks thanks In Warrior Nun, they are called the Order of the Cruciform Sword. Do you remember that part? Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the Order of the Cruciform Sword is actually something that is in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Weird. The guy who ambushes Indy and Elsa at that library says that he's a member of the Order of the Cruciform Sword when he pulls his shirt apart and shows the tattoo. So I think what actually is happening is that Warrior Nun and Indiana Jones share the same universe. And it would make sense because of all the magic that happens in Indiana Jones. Are you sure it's not both referencing something that already exists in some other mythology? You know what? You're right. That no is the best. <laughs> I think that the they both... Of the Cruciform Sword. It's part of the Indiana Jones wikipedia it's a secret society sworn to keep the holy grail safe from discovered misuse so do you think that they were just referencing that when they made their in the comics uh look man don't do this don't spoil that indiana jones and warrior nun share a canonical <laughs> universe for me all right it's the only way that it could get better mm, fine <laughs> if harrison fine. ford shows up well he'd be dead i mean come on now Ugh. Indy would be long dead. <laughs> no, just Harrison Ford. Oh, just just, not, just yeah, Harrison yeah. Ford. Okay. Yeah. And a flashback or something. <laughs> yeah. Who He's knows? there fighting a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs>